Hey folks, this is Jesse Coates, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate y'all joining me. Turkeys are awful noisy today, as are the guineas. Which isn't saying a whole lot. They act like they've never been fed. They get fed each day. And right now, we're getting zero eggs from the chickens. So we have welfare chickens. It gives you a, it gives you a real good idea. It would be a great <laughs> lesson on socialism, communism in high schools, middle schools. If you had the kids come to school and they had to take care of the chickens, feed the chickens, and and they had to pay for it, right? Out of their own money. And then especially if it would maybe it would be even better if you if you gave the kids a certain amount of money for the year and they had to use that money to feed and house, take care of the birds. But they would make whatever, you know, they would earn income from whatever they sold the eggs for. It would, it would really be an abject or object, maybe, yeah, lesson in socialism, communism, when those chickens stopped laying. And the kids still had to take care of them and still had to spend their money as they watched their money start to dwindle, taking care of these birds that were not providing them any eggs whatsoever. At any rate, I got way off there. Sorry, folks. Thank y'all for joining me. Uh, For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others and help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful for that. I hope it helps you. I hope it's helping our country just a little bit. Whatever it is that you're doing, I hope it makes it pass maybe a little bit more smoothly, whether it's driving up and down the road for your job or to your job or conference periods, lunch periods, sitting around the dinner table, dining room table, or sitting on the porch or homeschool or changing diapers, doing dishes, working outside in the field, whatever it is you're doing. I'm grateful that you're here and uh, I appreciate y'all continuing to help the podcast to grow. And for those of y'all that are supporting financially the podcast now by joining one of the tiers over on Patreon, uh, I hope you're enjoying the extra podcasts. Um, uh, just very grateful. So thank you. Lord, thank you for the time to record the podcast. For the people that listen to it, guide them. Please give them strength, courage, wisdom, strong faith. Help us to do your will. Help us to help our country turn back to you. Forgive us our sins individually and as a nation. And guide my words here. Help me to speak only the words that you want me to. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we're going to go back through. We talked about Grant on the last podcast. And we're going to, I wanted, I really wanted to read this proclamation celebrating the 100th anniversary of independence, the centennial. I don't think we're going to, it's not going to take very long. And so I've got a couple other things 
little side note here. There's a great, and I, I didn't get this. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. Actually, you know, we'll read through this first and then we'll talk about a couple things. And so might be a little bit of a shorter episode today than normal. June 26th, 1876, proclamation celebrating the 100th anniversary of independence by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. The centennial anniversary of the day on which the people of the United States declared their right to a separate and equal station among the powers of the earth seems to demand an exceptional observance. The founders of the government at its birth and in its feebleness invoked the blessings and the protection of a divine providence and the 13 colonies and three millions of people have expanded into a nation of strength and numbers commanding the position which then was asserted and for which fervent prayers were then offered. It seems fitting that on the occurrence of the hundredth anniversary of our existence as a nation, a grateful acknowledgement should be made to Almighty God for the protection and the bounties which he has vouchsafed to our beloved country. I therefore invite the good people of the United States on the approaching fourth day of July. In addition to the usual observances with which they are accustomed to greet the return of the day, further, in such manner and at such time as in their respective localities and religious associations may be most convenient to mark its reoccurrence by some public religious and devout thanksgiving to Almighty God for the blessings which have been bestowed upon us as a nation during the century of our existence, and humbly to invoke the continuance of his favor and his protection. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this 26th day of June, the year of our Lord, 1876, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 100th U.S. Grant. So, you know, a few things. One, it it refers back to the Declaration of Independence, which is fitting, the Day of Independence. It's talking about separate and equal station, divine providence, and, well, let me see if I can grab this real quick. I should, since it's talking about the Declaration of Independence. So your Declaration of Independence, right? There's a couple things. We always go back to talk. The first one is laws of nature and nature's God entitled them to this separate and equal station, right? And that's what Grant was referring to in that first paragraph. And so, and we've talked about the fact, going all the way back to Blackstone, which our founders relied extremely heavily on. If I remember correctly, he was the third most cited uh, or referenced individual that the founders used. But I'll have to go back. He was definitely up near the top. Uh, And laws of nature and of nature's God spoke specifically of not just any random God, not a general deity, but specifically 
the Christian God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, Declaration, again, talks about these inalienable or unalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that are endowed by their Creator, again, by God. And that goes back to our Declaration. And then toward the end, when he talks about divine providence, things which independent states may of right do, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So from the very beginning, our founders turn to God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I know I'm going to get hit on it some already. So for those of y'all out there saying, well, they didn't say that explicitly, you're right. They didn't. Because just like most people today, if you're walking up to another adult that's lived in this country their whole life, and you've been around them, tell them how to start a car. You're not going to have to tell them to put the key in the ignition and turn it. If they have a driver's license, right? If they're an American citizen, you're going to assume that they know how to do that. And so they didn't have to put, and that's probably a poor analogy, folks. I need to come up with a better one, but that's the one that pops in my head. They didn't feel the need to explicitly state God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But when you look at the makeup, you look at their comments that go along with it, and when they say things like laws of nature and of nature's God, it leaves no doubt, would have left no doubt to that founding generation who they were talking about. And so you go back to Grant's speech here. Seems fitting that on the occurrence of the 100th anniversary of our existence, a nation should give a grateful acknowledgement to Almighty God for his protection and the bounties which he's given to our beloved country. An acknowledgement there, folks, you know, where do our blessings come from in the end? They come from God. And there should be some acknowledgement made there of those blessings from God. Not any God again, not some general deity. And I like up here, where is it? Do, do, do. An exceptional observance back in the very first paragraph, right? So <clears throat> this isn't supposed to be something that we just kind of do offhand. It really gives you an idea about our 4th of July ceremonies. You know, we have parades. We have barbecue often, and maybe we'll come back and start to read this and some other things on the 4th of July besides the Declaration. But there really ought to be each year, and part of the reason we're in the mess we're in today, a huge part of the reason is we've forgotten our own history, and we take it so lightly. And so this, we ought to have an exceptional observance, but it's got to be grounded in God. And an acknowledgement that he's blessed us with all this that we have and that he's protected us. He's seen us through civil war, two world wars, a cold war, right? And if we'll turn to him for protection, for deliverance, he'll see us through this cold civil war, probably turning into something hot down the road or going into socialism and communism. He'll be there with us. The only hope we've got is to go with him in the chance that we can still turn this thing around and get back on the right track. But it, it can't be this half-hearted, you know, there's a, often, 
I'm sure this is true really of multiple religions. So those of y'all out there listening that aren't Christians probably still can appreciate this comment. There's always, most of my pastors through the years have talked about the fact you don't want to be Christmas and Easter Christians. And what that means is you only come to church, you only participate in the church body on Christmas and Easter. Right? Uh, maybe perhaps even better was one of my favorite pastors used to talk about Monday morning relative. And he always wanted to make sure that his his preaching was Monday morning relevant. Meaning that whatever he said on Sunday, you could go out through the rest of the week and, and put into action in your life and have it really be part of your life and functional. <clears throat> Another thing that just popped in my head, my wife used to love CrossFit for years and years, still does things along those lines. And one of their big mantras was functional workouts, right? They wanted to give you functional movements. So I remember one of them that they do is what they call a farmer's carry, where you pick up weights and you walk a certain distance. And of course, the reference was, you know, carrying pills of water, or carrying stuff in both arms. You know, it was functional. It was a movement that you would do in real life. When we don't make exceptional observance of the fact that God and Jesus Christ are at the center of our country, especially on days like when we celebrate our independence, but really just in general, we're missing that. We're not making it Monday morning relevant. We're not making it a functional exercise. It should be part of our lives. And when it is part of our lives, you know, if you if you want to stay in shape, you work out each day or most days for sure. And so if you really want this country to be strong, you've got to work on the foundations most days. And that goes back to God and Jesus Christ. And so you can't just sit there and say, you know what, every once in a while, I'll give my nod to God. Maybe maybe on Fourth of July, I'll think about it briefly although we don't seem too much. <clears throat> and uh, when I have somebody, you know, I'll think about it maybe once a year. I don't know, maybe your church or, or you run into people that talk about it at your church, you know. or I'll, the, the point is, if we don't acknowledge this tie, then we miss the whole point. This whole speech here by Grant, it's a real short speech, right? He's talking about God the whole time. He says, I invite the good people of the United States on the approaching fourth day of July, in addition to the usual observances, which they are accustomed to greet the return of the day, to further in such manner and at such time as their respective localities and religious associations may be most convenient to mark the reoccurrence by some public religious and devout thanksgiving to Almighty God for the blessings in the past century and to humbly invoke a continuance of his favor and his protection. And so that's, that's a great <clears throat> public religious and devout thanksgiving, not in private, not separated from the rest of your celebration, right? Which is just, again, this little thing shows how misleading separation of church and state is. 
our our founders historically God has been part of our functional part of our public institutions and and we talked about this with Grant a little bit and it's a great example to talk about because in another speech and I can't remember the date on this folks he talks about the need for public education but he also talks about separating that from religious activities right but then in another place grant specifically talks to uh children about the need to hold on to the bible as the sheet anchor of our liberties and so none of these people that we talk about here are going to be perfect right we talked about that yesterday it's just a little reminder you take the things that are right and true and you leave the things that aren't so this little centennial speech was absolutely right on we have a responsibility to acknowledge God's protection publicly and his blessings publicly in our personal lives and in our public lives as individuals and as a country. And then to humbly seek the continuance. You, you, can't, you can't turn to God on the one hand and say, hey, we want your protection. We want your blessings. But we don't want you to have anything to do with our public life as a nation. It doesn't work like that. And again, I haven't talked about this a lot over the last year and a half, but I've started to more lately, and it's a, it's a really big point, and that is having religious freedom is completely different from acknowledging the fact that this is a Christian nation and having God and Jesus Christ be part of our public institutions, public policy, public life. Having God and Jesus Christ in our public institutions and public life does not mean that a private individual can have a different faith. It means that as a nation, we're going to follow those principles laid out in the Bible. And you go back to John Adams' quote, right, where he talks about that the principles that our founders achieved independence on were the principles of Christianity. So you've got to stick to those principles because that's how you got to freedom and liberty to begin with, right? So, a couple things that took longer than I thought. Uh, the Centennial, there's a Centennial episode in Little House on the Prairie. And from this is the TV show from back in the 70s. And it's a phenomenal example of what we have got to get back to in culture and education. So it's, it was a popular TV show, so it was culture, right? But you could take this argument over to education, too. And they made this whole episode about the centennial celebration, how important it was, how important God was, how important freedom and liberty were. The whole episode was about that. It was central to that family's existence, which makes sense because it occurred in that time frame. But when we don't have entertainment, and you, you look at the entertainment that our kids are getting now today, look at the music that they're ingesting, digesting, look at the TV shows, all the way from little cartoons up. The left has done a phenomenal job, and we've let them, of indoctrinating our children into these evil core values that we talk about. And if we're going to turn this around, whether there's a fight or not, folks, a huge component of that, huge, has to be culturally. 
and the people that the kind of music that we allow our children to listen to, the kind of shows that we allow them to watch, the kind of books that we allow them to read. Because you say, well, I don't want to be overbearing as a parent, right? We don't want to be overbearing to our children. Well, no, that's why they're children and we're the adults. They need direction until they get old enough and mature enough to use the brain that God gave them better. And, and so we have a huge responsibility and we've really been shirking it for decades now because we're so worried about ourselves being entertained or we messed up our own marriage, or our own family so bad that we're not putting the time into raising our children that we should because we're trying to put out all these other fires. And so it, it's just a good example, folks, of, of what I'm talking about when I say we've got to get culture back. We need culture that celebrates these things. You know, that these, these TV shows or sitcoms or movies or books or music, arts or entertainment of any kind that have these moral purposes and talk about God and acknowledge the relationship between the United States and freedom and liberty and God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, and what's right versus what's wrong because we've completely lost our way there today. So at any rate, I'll leave y'all be. That took longer, I apologize, than I thought. Seems to some days. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me. Give me a little bit of your time. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.